This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, August 13th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Rural teens, we need broadband. USDA still getting input on climate and China staying in the soy market. Poll, 69% of teens report reliable Internet. Members of the U.S. House may want to take note of this. Most teenagers believe unreliable access to high-speed Internet and lack of digital skills are driving economic and social inequities in their communities. That according to a Harris poll sponsored by the National 4-H Council and a coalition that includes Land Lakes, Microsoft, and Verizon. Some 79% of rural teens and 74% of teenagers overall believe the government has an important role to play in providing universal broadband access. About 63% believe people in their communities would make more money if they had reliable broadband. Some 69% of American teens, but only 59% of black youth say they have reliable Internet service. Why this could matter? Well, A bipartisan infrastructure bill that the Senate passed this week includes $65 billion for broadband. The bill's future is in the House and certainly unclear. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the House won't act on that bill until the Senate passes a larger $3.5 trillion reconciliation package. Republicans on the Senate Ag Committee are demanding Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow hold hearings on how to spend the $135 billion in ag and child nutrition funding in Democrats' plan to include their $3.5 trillion bill. We believe these hearings should be broad-based and include producers and rural community leaders from across the country, similar to what our committee has done in the past as we draft farm bills. The spending of $135 billion of the taxpayers' money should be informed by those we represent and not solely by interest groups with Washington offices and lobbyists, the GOP senators say in a letter to Chairwoman Stabenow. Now keep in mind, Stabenow said this week that Democrats won't be consulting GOP committee members on the funding since Republicans won't support the larger bill. We'll have more. AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Today's Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, a powerful advocate in Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. We believe environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. USDA still seeking input on climate plans. The Biden administration still has a way to go before finalizing its strategy for using agriculture to address climate change. Bill Hohenstein, the director of the USDA's Office of Energy and Environmental Policy, said at the Soil Health Institute's virtual annual meeting yesterday that the department continues gathering input and reviewing comments on how it should respond to President Joe Biden's climate change executive order. 
The department released a 90-day progress report in May that said the department's approach would be multi-pronged and centered on voluntary incentives that benefit producers and landowners. We don't have all the answers, Hohenstein said. Stay tuned and pay attention because we're going to continue to solicit input. We definitely want to hear from the technical community and the scientific community. By the way, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association announced a goal yesterday to make beef cattle production climate neutral by 2040. Ag scientists, more data needed for climate smart efforts. Three leading ag science societies say the USDA needs to expand its efforts to collect and disseminate data as it seeks to advance climate smart agriculture. And what they described as a position statement, the American Society of Agronomy, Crop Science Society of America, and Soil Science Society of America noted USDA's Agriculture Research Service is investing in data infrastructure capable of housing publications and data sets from both its own researchers and those who had received USDA funding. But the group say ARS needs to turn that into a universal ag data repository that would include research on ecosystem services, monitoring, and historical data sets, including those from conservation districts, as well as academic research conducted outside the USDA. The statement includes broad recommendations for addressing climate change. China starts August with big U.S. soy purchases. China may not be buying new crop soybeans from the U.S. at the same pace as last year, but the Chinese are still making hefty purchases, that according to the latest USDA trade data. China bought 328,000 metric tons of U.S. soybeans for 21-22 delivery during the week of July 30 through August 5th, and those purchases have continued this week. USDA reported yesterday an export sale of 132,000 tons of U.S. soy to China for 21-22 delivery. USDA also announced a sale of 198,000 tons to unknown destinations. China still buying old crop U.S. soy. USDA said China purchased 84,500 tons for delivery in the waning days of this current marketing year. By the way, USDA's first survey estimate for the major fall crops forecast lower corn and soybean yields than previously projected. Global wheat consumption expected to dip, but supplies are also tightening thanks to lower production in Russia, the U.S., and Canada for the 21-22 marketing year. That according to multiple USDA reports yesterday. Tighter supplies mean a decrease in exports, but also higher prices for wheat around the world. In the U.S., prices rose this month in all classes. Global wheat trade forecast to drop by 5.8 million metric tons in 21-22, down to 198.2 million tons. That according to USDA's latest World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimates. Now, take note. Drought of the northern plains and western Canada expected to reduce Durham wheat production and stunt exports. That will likely give Mexico and the European Union, both of which are forecast to increase production, new opportunities to expand their market share in importing countries. That according to USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. USDA hears stakeholders' input on meat processing funding. USDA process for determining how to invest a 
$500 million in expanding processing capacity is underway as government officials gathered feedback from industry trade associations yesterday. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack initially announced the fund in July and said it would require industry feedback to determine how to spend it. USDA heard from a handful of producer groups yesterday on how the money could be best targeted. Tanner Bamer, who represented the National Cattlemen's Beef Association on the call, said many speakers, quote, reiterated different parts of the same message, which is that we need some sort of a financing mechanism for more processing capacity. He said NCBA is pushing for something similar to the business and industry loans at USDA's Rural Development Office. By the way, it's not clear whether USDA funding will prioritize new plants or expansion of existing facilities. KCS rejects CP's $31 billion offer. Kansas City Southern's Board of Directors has turned down the Canadian Pacific Railway's latest merger proposal as inferior to an earlier $33.6 billion offer from Canadian National. The KCS board is recommending KCS shareholders vote in favor of the pro-competitive and end-to-end merger with CN. Well, here's today's She Said It. Expanding access to broadband internet and adoption of digital skills are concrete steps we can take now to drive more equitable access to opportunity across the country. That Jennifer Sarangelo, President and CEO of the National 4-H Council. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, August 13th. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.